0: Welcome back to Changing of the Times. I'm your host, Josh Dashi, and I'm joined by my colleague, David Ullack. David, it's a beautiful Sunday in the Northeast. The sky is clear and the temperature could reach in the mid-70s today. Um, unfortunately, over the past few days, America's number one disease, racism, has reared its ugly head again. And COVID-19 has taken a backseat stemming from a senseless murder of George Floyd in Minneapolis, Minnesota. David, since Wednesdays, there have been more than 1,700 arrests for, for, for protesting and rioting. David, you and I met through basketball, it's the greatest game ever. Our parents raised us to judge people based on their character, not their color or sexual orientation. Today, two of our guests, Toza and Andrea Matich, you met through this great game we love, and we're going to discuss how COVID-19 has changed what they're facing overseas. David, take the lead.
1: Yes, Guys, sir. thanks for joining us. Thank you for joining us. Thank you, too, for having us. So, you know, a little bit of background quickly, you know, we got Toza Matic, who is the national team coach for India, which is the second biggest country in the world, and then we got Andrea Matic, who played for me when I was coaching at Kaiser University. He's from Germany. You know, he started his career at American University and then transferred to Kaiser, so... We're going to just, you know, have a little bit of discussion. So, quickly, you know, since this whole thing with COVID-19 has started, I'll start with you, Andre. How has the day-to-day life been in Serbia? Has it changed?
2: Serbia, it has So first of all, hi to everyone who's watching. Um, Yeah. um, So, Serbia, it has been very interesting here. Um, We had a curfew up to a couple of weeks ago. Till five p.m., we couldn't leave our home. Like we had to stay, we had to stay at home, basically from five five p.m. to five a.m. Like at night, you couldn't leave your home, and you had to stay in. Um, yeah. Also, like it was really weird. Like old people couldn't leave at all. They were like forbidden to leave. It was like very drastic measures. But now it's all good, and it seems like if you look outside, as if Covid nineteen never happened. So has the stores?
0: There's only been over just over a hundred deaths in Serbia. What was the when Serbia when Covid nineteen hit? What was what was it like? Was there mass hysteria? Were people panicking? Did, did was daily life changed a lot?
2: It was it was really funny because um, we had we had some people, some some doctors and stuff held a press conference like an emergency press conference you know and some people went out and said it's the funniest virus we've ever faced and stuff like that and it hit them hard at one point at a point where we had our president come out and say okay we're doing this curfew thing now and put up really really one of the most probably drastic measures in the world where you couldn't leave your home i mean we were not allowed to leave after 5 p.m. We had days. We had like four days in a row where we couldn't leave our home at all.
0: So now what is it like today? Can you guys go out? Can is, is, Are things starting to get?
2: Everything's back to normal. Like nope. like really like buses are full. You have full buses. I mean, there are barely any new new incidents of the virus. Here people wearing masks? Some are. Some are. Not too many, though.
1: So, so Toza can you explain to us what, what it's like day to day right now in India because I have read that there maybe a little more recently there's been a surge in cases in, for COVID there
3: okay that uh, in India is a uh... Maybe a little bit late, everything start. Maybe because I follow what's happened in Serbia, that is in India, they happen maybe week, week uh, ago after Serbia. I remember, I keep the player, we had a youth camp that is uh, under 60 national team and uh, that's uh, I think is the March uh, 17. I decided that keep the player as long as I can because uh, nothing show up that in India will uh, some big happen because uh, not too much cases. We are full of some small European country, as is Serbia. That is uh, actually that happened every day. That is uh, around 10, 20, 30. Uh, after seven days, first person died and then coming very slowly. And the uh, government immediately after the after the three day after 17 of the match, that uh, immediately after three days they are announced curfew. But announced very hard curfew. That not allowed, uh, they suspended everything. Transportation is uh, suspended. That is uh, really, surp- surprisingly, that happened. And uh, people start to, to move all around India, but uh, when uh, transportation is uh, stopped, people start to walk because uh, some migrants were working in a, in a one part of the country. They have to going about five, six, seven hundred miles. And then a lot of people that they're, they're just walking uh, all around highways and uh, want to going back to home. That was a very, very difficult, difficult beginning. And then, uh, next six weeks after that that is uh, corfu continue I, I know that is uh, only with a special uh, pro, uh, special uh, occasion you can uh, drive the car you have to have a special uh, special license that you can going out uh, out and drive the car but uh, all all the time in my uh, city i am bangalore the Bangalore is uh, south uh, middle of the south of the India, and then in a city situation was was not a critical. A more critical situation happened in a north uh, in a north part. That is uh, Delhi. That is uh, Mumbai. That uh, happened. That is uh, this north part where actually all cases start. And then now we have a very difficult situation. Two days ago, India was a country with the most of the Cases uh, all around, and uh, till now India has uh, 45, uh, 4500 uh, dead people, and then over the over 100,000 that is uh, that is uh, corona infected people. But so... san- sanctions start to come down in this moment. Uh, the last week uh, that's allowed that. Uh, we only have a curfew from seven till seven at night, from seven a.m. A- 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 till seven p.m. and after that there are continue curfews from seven p.m. to the seven in the morning. But next week there they, they uh, because countries are so big and in an area there is not. Uh, uh, so difficult that is a lot of things uh, start to be open, uh, domestic uh, air flights, they are start to fly, uh, transportation, that uh, more and more they are open. And I think uh, after one week or two weeks, situation will be completely suspended. Everybody will care, but uh, situation will be, I think, pretty, pretty better.
0: When do you think basketball will start coaching again? Have they started? Have they suggested when you guys can get back in the practice?
3: That is, uh, uh, government also announced some something that we can. We last week they they, they told that uh, uh, in a small groups that they are told that is a groups around three, four, five. People can uh, keep. People can start uh, all time. We have a conference call with all people, and then uh, they working home. My problem, uh, main problem, that uh, people have to stay in a good fitness. And uh, when you are staying home, what you can do? You can do a little bit on the body, and then you can do some ball handling drills. But uh, last week, uh, government allowed, but not everywhere, and then. Uh, Till now, not uh, too much open court. They are open for a player.
1: Interesting. So so quickly. um, So go you go through your resume, Toza, and throughout the years you've coached at various different levels with many different players. So first question I would really have outside now of this COVID talk would be: you you've coached many different NBA players. Which player, when you were just coaching them, did you realize right away like this guy? Was just on another level. Like in Europe, just you could see right then and there. He, this guy is special. He's an NBA player, or just a special pro in the European level.
3: Okay, that is two 2008 I coach in Lebanon, and then in this time, first time I met Samaki Walker. Samaki Walker early came to the Middle East. I don't know reason why why he. He came to the Middle East, and I had him in a team, and I learned a lot of of him. That is, uh, first of all, that is 2008, and in Europe, we are still on the static stretching. And then he told me, "Okay, coach, maybe that is good for you, but that is uh, not good for me." And then from every player you can learn. That is uh, something happened uh, before I had a patch as Stoikovic. That is Jelko Rebraca. I talking about. Uh, Serbian player. But I had the opportunity to also to coach Novicki. When I went to the Germany, we played one very interesting game. That is, uh, I went to Germany in 1997, uh, second time. And then uh, they organized, uh, Nike organized NBA hoops in uh, this time. And they are very big star. There are Charles Barkley, Scottie Pippen coming. That is... Uh, on there was a beginner that is, uh, Niels Baker. That, uh, I cannot uh, remember, but, uh, outside the Jordan, most, uh, top N- NBA player came. That was a tour before the season starts. That is, uh, around, uh, October, mid October. And we, that was a uh, two game, one in uh, Berlin and one in, uh, one in uh, this uh, uh, Dortmund, and uh, I coached him in a uh, Dortun and Ovitsky play in uh, this game and then after they after this game they are uh, they are uh, very interesting uh, charbalsky came to him and then asked him uh, kid, do you want to go in uh, my school? I give you my track and that was uh, very interesting for us about. <laughs> But, uh, but Now have to uh, speed it up with uh, army service because in a Germany you can do military service or uh, you can go three months and after that you are free. And then he really hurry up and then after game, he didn't attempt uh, this dinner, and then they are looking very Nowitzki. but he left. left, And that is, uh, in this game, he played very good. He scored a lot of points. He dunked over the Charles Barkley, and that was, I think, the beginning about Nowitzki. But uh, as I say, one of the uh, most important players, what I have a personal connection with him, is Martin Gorta. Who finished with the uh, with the Clippers, and then uh, Andrea also know when we are living in Germany. I brought him from Poland because I coach in Poland too. And then friend of mine told that he have some very very talented player. And then this uh, after that was a very great story. And then I also when Andrea play on the American University, I visit much in in uh, in a DC, and then. We are still very good friends, and then time to time we are we are speaking. That is uh, very interesting. In Iran, I had uh, Hamid Hadadi, pecha Stojakovic on the beginning of the career with me. That Shelko uh, Rebraca, also one of the players in the junior national team of the Serbia. I had Radmanović. Uh, I also in a in a junior, and after that in uh, 2002 when we play uh, in in New on the World Championship, Yarich was with a team again. That. Uh, but uh, I had in a team this time, but uh, I, I didn't. I was around the team when he played for a junior, uh, junior national team. But that is uh, that is a uh, lot of prospects. What what playing NBA? A lot of good national player that uh, that I coach. That I'm very lucky in the career that I have a lot of lot of good player.
0: Andrea, obviously over the last six weeks, the ESPN released a documentary on Michael Jordan. Did you get an opportunity to watch it?
2: I did. I actually did. I'm trying. I'm still trying to get my dad to watch it. It's um, but you know, uh, it's it's not easy. Like he's not a Netflix watcher, so we have it all around the world. We actually have it on Netflix. Yeah, he, he doesn't watch Netflix that much, so it's hard to get him to watch it. He would. Otherwise, I believe he would watch it. So yeah, I watched it.
0: What'd you think of it? Obviously, Jordan was before your time. He was, When I was growing up, he was, you know, everything that, that was that they described him as. He was a killer. I mean,
2: um, it was so amazing to watch this documentary because, like, first of all, you get the sense of being there. Like, I don't know. They kind of made it really good where you got the sense of being there. You can hear the music. Was, yeah. I mean... Like, I watched Space Jam. I know who Michael Jordan is. Like, we all heard about Michael Jordan growing up. But then just seeing what he had to go through to win this one last championship, just amazing.
1: That's phenomenal. So, so in, in the documentary, so Tozo hasn't watched it, Andre, you have, you know, David Stern is quoted as saying in the 1990s, basketball was only in 50 different countries, or not basketball, but the NBA was only in 50 different countries. Now you see the the game is in over 200 countries over the last, you know, so that's 150 countries gross over the last 30 years. You know, what what, what is the impact of Michael Jordan in Europe and over worldwide? In the world. In the world. Over the whole world. Like, what is... What impact has he had?
3: I just didn't watch. Andrea told me about so Netflix to watch, but here in India, I didn't have a time actually to say. But uh, I can say that is uh, at the end. I was a big fan of the Michael Jordan, but uh, from a beginning, uh, you know, we are growing up in a in a Europe and. Uh, we had uh, we had a wall, uh, wall before the 90s when wall is not broken basketball was uh, almost in a western part uh, western part of the europe that uh, we play actually my country ex yugoslavia we are not typical eastern european country we are we are more uh, Something in between, but uh, our influence was a more Western, Western Europe, and then in a Western Europe uh, that was a, a big influence about uh, NBA before. And then I was a fan of the Larry Bird, like like a lot of Europeans, because uh, that is too much physicality in uh, in uh, in a Michael Jordan game, and then we are like uh, more like a skill player, and then the. That is uh, one of the reasons why we are why we are make more uh, important some 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 other player, but especially Larry Bird, that was uh, our, our famous player. But you are right about what you are saying. After '90s, when basketball start to to going everywhere, also when we have an influence, that basketball come in Asia. Asia now in the last twenty years, that is economically unbelievable. Uh, improve and that is also connection between the China and the USA in all period of the time. they They are bringing a basketball that basketball start to be second the biggest sport in the world that we can say after the soccer basketball take this position and Michael Jordan is unbelievably important. I will not say only Michael Jordan that is the NBA because the NBA spread the game everywhere before we didn't uh, we maybe watch one game a week but when when television and globalization start to going everywhere that is uh, very important for a basketball game but uh, nike together with uh, with michael jordan that is and with uh, together with the nba that make a big 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 influence on the on the game
0: andrea <laughs> you, you, when you came to america what was your first experience like playing at a college uh... And, and how was it different from playing overseas in Europe where
2: you grew up? All right. Before I get there, I, I have to say I went – when I got to America, I, there were two times, like the first time I came to America, I went to play AU actually when I was 14. Um, I went to play AU and it was just overwhelming. The, the physicality was just overwhelming. Like not really the physicality but the athleticism. The athleticism because we play physical in Europe. We just don't play as athletic. Okay. Um, and probably even more physical than than in the U.S. Like if you play with pros, man, those guys. I mean, those guys hit you. I played against uh, Boba Marijanovic. I played against him with the national team. I was in the B national team, and um, man, that guy would just like grab me, turn me, and just elbow me the whole game and I never played against like guys that are that physical like it's just overwhelming but um when I got to the U.S. it was just raw speed of the game and just the athleticism everybody could dunk everybody could like you don't have that here like when you're talking about high school
0: sure
2: AU you know so it was it was like I'm not the most athletic guy and I had to adjust and it was it were tough beginning, especially like I went to prep school when I was like what eighteen, nineteen, and I was I was not very good in the beginning, and I worked my way up slowly, slowly, you know. And it took me some time; it definitely did.
0: Who did you model your game after?
2: Model my game after? That's a really good question. I don't know. Um, I kind of never thought about that. I I really. As a kid growing up, like as a tall guy, you always admire the little guys. But um, but I learned, like throughout time, that you're a big man and you gotta play big. And I mean, I don't know. I'm not really sure. Oh, that's, um, okay. that's okay. Yeah, that's maybe, not- maybe 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 the best comparison to me is like, uh Al Horford.
1: Okay. Very good comparison, actually.
2: Toza, Rick
0: Vitino coached over in Greece uh, for three years and now came back to America. He's going to coach at Iona this year. He raved about how great – what he learned from the European Basketball League. How different is basketball played in Europe compared to how it is – and around the world compared to how it's played in America?
3: You know, uh, all the time we play good basketball in Europe. All the time because – as I uh, told you, that uh, we are follow what's uh, happening in a uh, in college basketball more because uh, different of the rules. Because uh, NBA they have a 24 second clock, and then uh, that is uh, 24 second coming of the Sydney Olympics. That is uh, 2000. 2000. That was a different game from us. But uh, when NBA start looking about Europe and then uh, start to bring a player, that is uh, this Sabonis, Divac, uh, divas generation, Dragan Petrovic, when they are went to the United uh, States, it was a very important uh, moment. Not only for a European basketball, but that was also important moment for a. Uh, United States, too, because uh, they are start to, to trust. Main problem, as I see, that is uh, that, uh, for example, college basketball, not trust international, international basketball. Uh, and NBA as one global sport when when want to, want to spread all over. And lot of lot of top level college players would finish or play NBA and back to the Europe. They are help us that we are develop game because a uh, little bit different rules and then that we have a more tactical and then more very very much professional. We are playing from a seventies. We play very much professional basketball in a Europe. Our season is eight nine month. What is the different college basketball that have actually? January, February, and then what is the qualification match? And it's uh, over. Coach, you don't have an opportunity to develop the player. But we have a very, lo- very much longer season than uh, what is the season in uh, in the USA. US. that is the NBA, is different. Uh, NBA, we follow this season too, and we play now around 100 games. Uh, and these 100 wow. games from uh, 80 till 80 is in the last 15, 20 years. Europe plays so much game, different competition, national competition, international competition, and game is uh, so much developed. But our problem now is that young talents very early leaving Europe and they are going to the NBA. And then we are staying with, uh, with the not top-level talents, but still game is uh, good and game is uh, too much improved. Maybe it is uh, physical uh, ability what European players don't have, like in NBA. But that is a compensate with the coaching and then with uh, with the skills what players try to do. But game is global now. Game is everywhere same now. Maybe last uh, to, from 2006 when uh, game is a change in uh, in uh, US where where uh, start to shooting, start to be much better, players start to be much, much, uh, much uh, skilled and uh, much more, uh, much more faster. That is a change game. There are no center that now every every team, they have a five, three-point shooter. That is something where we're going everywhere and change the game. And then Europe, Europe is full of NBA very much and then uh, college not anymore i think college is uh, very far away from a top level basketball they have to change something maybe rules they have to do something but uh, we are focused on the nba what's happened in nba and then that is uh, maybe five six years ago that influence of the european basketball very big in nba but but now nba i think the front and again, Europe have to change something to catch this uh, level of the game. What uh, dictates NBA?
1: So, so Toza, there's a, a little bit of a different subject. You've you've become, I would say, one of the one of the top coaches in all of Asia. Looking at your track record and winning the Asian Games and things like that, you have coached in some countries that here in the U.S. would be considered, you know, terrorist states, um, such as Iran. Um, Libya, Lebanon, Syria. Can you talk about just your times in those countries and maybe just what's like day to day in you know what we would consider a war state? You know how they (laughs) treated you and things like that.
3: Okay, I I will tell that is 2008. I went to the Lebanon. That is the FIBA International Basketball Association sent me to make some clinic over there, and some agent came. And ask me, maybe coach, you want to to come and coach team over there, and I didn't know anything about Asian basketball, and uh, that is the first step. But what's what very interesting, this day that is uh, happened, that is Hezbollah, what is a very strong terrorist, what you say, terrorist organization in Lebanon, that is uh, pick up maybe seven days before they pick up the all the Lebanon. And then <laughs> I came, and that was uh was a uh, very, very difficult situation, and I really scared i didn't I didn't want to go out, I stay in a hotel, but people brought me outside, and then I understand that is uh, something is information, what you have on the television, and uh, from the other side, you have information what creates uh, your personal opinion when you are, when you are uh, somewhere. That is something what uh, till today they are they are my guideline for uh, everywhere where I going. You have uh, some information that is, uh, for example, I went uh, in Libya after the attack on the American embassy, and they are told me you have to come in Benghazi. I said, people, you are crazy. That is a war. No, no, say they are uh, they we we uh, we made a deal, and then you can come, and then. I said no, no, no. I will come in a tournament in Lebanon, but they offering me very good contract that happened after the Iran, and then I said okay, okay, and there, there, I, I scare beginning. But after that, what I, what I told you, I understand. Media creates something, and then reality, reality, reality is uh, something different. I remember when I coach uh, Iran, we play on the World Championship, and then. That was a big crisis between uh, between uh, United States and the Iran. They are talking about uh, talking about uh, uh, this nuclear war, and then Iran uh, maybe had, maybe not had a, uh, atomic weapon. But uh, I think on the on the time on the on the picture there see Khrushchev on one time, and then put myself on another time. And they are they are they are put like enemies. But it was a, was a great experience when we when we play game, everything was good. But you have to know in every country when I working, what what you what we are saying terrorist country, I had American player. In a Syria, when I coach in a Syria national team, we nationalize uh, uh American player. We are looking for American player, we are nationalized him and he played for us. He played one Windows when we when we when we play uh qualification for a world championship, we had American player in the team and government give a give a passport to him during during the war same situation uh, in Iran a lot of American players live very good over there lebanon that not to talk that is the western western mentality that is uh, any team we cannot live without uh without uh, American player, a lot of NBA, ex-NBA player, and then player in between. Mm-hmm. That is uh, what Finnish college they are playing in this country. And then one one way I see that is what media creates, another is a situation uh, situation what you have. Maybe I can tell that is deco- this corona is the most difficult uh, place where I coach till now. Anywhere two months, uh, that is... Uh, no contact with the people, just going out, walk, that's it.
2: Funny, funny. just one thing. Funny when he talked about uh, the NBA players, like current NBA players playing in Lebanon. Uh, he actually, not on his team, but on another team, he told me about how, uh, what's his name? Uh, Hassan Whiteside played in Lebanon and actually got cut. He got cut in Lebanon. Um, <laughs> yeah.
1: Coach take he away. got
2: cut in Lebanon before going to the G League and uh, erupting there, and then going to the NBA. He actually got cut, which is really interesting.
0: So, uh, Andre, I actually coached Hassan Whiteside in prep school. I uh, was the. Year oh wow, really? <laughs>
2: yeah, you can it talk was... to him sometime about this.
0: The time yeah,
2: it, he got
0: cut it, in Lebanon. <laughs> it, it was the year after I coached Coach Ulak. There's a little difference in terms of ability, you know. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Uh Hassan was actually went he was actually six four uh the summer before I got him. And when he came to prep school, he was at 6'11, and all he wanted to do was shoot threes. So his hand-eye coordination was ridiculous back then. Like he was six eleven and we're like Hassan, get inside, get inside. He's like, No, all I want to do is shoot threes. And he was good at it because you know, when you when you grow seven inches, they seven, eight inches in, in a summer, which is ridiculous. Um, but it, it was funny that you say that I find it ironic. I was just texting David. So you, when you were coaching over there and the American embassy got taken over, there was a movie that they just did a couple of years ago called 13 hours, uh, which talks about how the American embassy was attacked in Lebanon. So, um, it's another, it's so Andre, you might want to watch that and, and, and uh, tell us a but it, it literally talks about didn't talk have anything to do with basketball. It just had everything to do with the American embassy being attacked over there. And it's just amazing how you guys how you coached through that. That that's phenomenal.
2: It um, was really funny. It was really funny. We went to visit him a couple of times, and like the first time we actually were going to Lebanon, we were scared. Like we were completely scared of going to this place, and he was telling us it's gonna be fine. And I ended up loving Le- Like Beirut is one of the most beautiful things in the world. Really? Yeah, it's beautiful there. It's beautiful. Like you can you can go ski and you can go ski and then after that to the beach in the same day. Like where can you do that in the world? Like only one place. It sounds like heaven. It's incredible. Yeah, yeah, it's amazing. Toza, where's your favorite
0: place that you've ever coached? What place do you say? You know what? If I could coach here the rest of my life, I would go there.
3: No, yeah, that is uh, for all family. We are uh, we all family. Spent a great time in Estonia. I coach in Estonia club. That was uh, they gave me team. What they had? Uh, that's uh, we can say the team. What will become the the, the national team? become national team because uh, Mursev, he play NBA from Estonia. Estonia, very very famous country when we are talking about Soviet Union that is, you have this pre-Baltic country, but uh, uh, most of the time that Estonia give a point guard. Uh, that history about uh, European basketball starts on the pre-Baltic because uh, these people from this area that uh, they, are, they are, uh, went to the United States very, very early, and then before the Second World War, they are come back and then uh, bring the basketball in this area. that is the uh, YMCA organization that is uh, back back uh, from a YMCA organization, and then uh, first champion of the Europe that was uh, Latvia, but that is all three, three pre-Baltic countries, Estonia. Estonia, Latvia and Lithuania and then uh, that is, I spent the two years and then I really, really, really enjoyed this period of the time. I think uh, Andrea started to playing basketball, he had a very good coach over there, coach of him uh, that was uh, Tiet Sok uh, from, uh, from uh, Seoul, uh, not Seoul, I'm sorry. Yeah yeah several Olympics when uh, when the Russian team beat the USA team and Sok that was a point guard and uh, he has the academy over there and then uh, he coached kid and then he's one of the first coaches who what, what uh, found uh, talent in, in uh, Andrea It
2: was kind of uh, it was kind kind of like the equivalent of like John Stockton having a, having like a, being a high school coach like not even like a, like uh, like I don't know like being like having like his thing where like I don't know ten year olds he coaches t- John Stockton coaching ten year olds something like that I mean it's just ridiculous if you think about it but that's how it was in Estonia he just loved working with kids you know this guy that's incredible that's
0: why that's why coaches I think get involved in it. Uh, that's why i stay involved with it i never i never played the level that your dad obviously coaches at, and you played on and even coach you like play that um but i love the game and very passionate about it like i said it's amazing that we can have these conversations around the world in the mix of a pandemic that's what's so special about this and the game
2: yeah i agree i completely agree this is just yeah yeah it's just awesome
1: so, so the last topic we're going to get to here, and um, really mostly for Toza, it's um, I want to talk a little bit about you know, the project of India basketball. And when you think about it, the second largest country in the world, you're the national team coach. and it, To me, it almost feels like you know, you're trying to mold something at the way China, the biggest country in the world right now, is basketball crazy. And it's, it seems like a very untapped market. For basketball in the world considering you know you've got about five times the amount of people there and the game just has the ability to potentially boom in the next 10 to 20 years there just talk to us about your current national team is there a domestic pro league and the realistic growth of the program
3: uh okay First to tell about uh, China, I was a candidate, 2012, I was a candidate to be head coach of the China national team. And uh, that is uh, not happened. That is uh, something happened. But I I want to compare about all Asia. What is the problem in India? India improve in the last, uh, we can say in the 15 years, improve uh, like like, uh, economy so much. Uh, Basketball, they play in India. In uh, Missionary, they're both basketball India, but that is, uh, in, uh, for example, that is 40% of the school in India is controlled by uh, Christian school, 40%. And uh, that is mostly private school, they have a public school, but uh, uh, in all of these school, basketball is an important part of the game. Uh, what is the problem in India? in the past, but maybe we will try to change because India is uh, uh, 1.4 billion people. And then uh, middle class is uh, very big in India. That is uh, over 300, 400 million, they are middle class. And then basketball is uh, selected actually from a middle class. Low class, that is uh, play cricket. Cricket is the most famous sport in India. And uh, last fifteen years, this period when uh, India too much developed, they are also basketball developed. Uh, FIBA, FIBA as uh, some uh, international basketball federation, they are invest a lot of in uh, in India. They are they are brought a lot of foreign coaches for a national team, but. Uh, Country is top topic, and it's very difficult. You cannot imagine that India don't have uh, any league. They have a uh, local, domestic, uh, some tournaments. What's happening in uh, one or two weeks, and that, that, that's that's over. They are play uh, uh, India all around tournament. Uh, player uh, when uh, finish uh, high school or we finish college, they are got a job in a big companies of the India. Somebody gets a job in the army, somebody gets a job in a railway. For example, railway all around India, they have in a woman category, they have more than 20 teams. In a men category, they have around 15, 16 teams. Only railway. Railway is the biggest uh, biggest uh, biggest company in India. The same story we can talking about the army. Army have five, six, seven men teams. That we can talking about the banks. Then when you are when you are finish uh, career, that is a little bit Russian system because India follow lot of lot of uh, Russian system and big company. They are take the player as employer and then player half half of the day they are working as employer and then half of the day they let them that they can practice. Coaching also is a big problem because they are not to follow. They don't have a know house. what happened when you are not playing league, when you are playing tournament. Only national team is uh, something. But also, a lot of Indian players uh, before, not too many players that went to the United States. There was a couple projects that we have uh, one player. He's uh, drafted by Thomas Levering, with Singh. Another player, another player, they are playing uh, in a G League. And uh, they have a lot of India players with the Indian roots. What is uh, now some uh, agent are call me that player who finished from uh, from uh, Stanford University. He's a poor Indian. Father and mother, they are Indian. But India not uh, accept double nationality. You can have only one nationality, that is India. Maybe that is the conflict what they have uh, with the Pakistan. And they are, don't want to allow that... Uh, that uh, somebody from the United States, they can par- uh, participate in, an, in any national team. Only if you have a Indian, poor Indian passport, you can play for a national team. But, NBA uh, mm-hmm. Academy, seven years ago, NBA established Academy in India. That is uh, one good coach, is the coach of uh, Academy. That is a very very big project. That is, uh, I think, a uh, budget of the NBA India is uh, over 25 million dollar. That have uh, made a major junior NBA. What is uh, some program? that is spread all around India? They made uh, they make uh, clinics and try to organize basketball to the some level. Also, Basketball Federation India, what control basketball with uh, all. Uh, don't take me seriously, but I can say that is 38 states in India. That is the union of 38 states. But don't take me seriously about. I don't know exactly number. Bas- basketball is uh, on the good level in the 15 states, especially in the north. You have a good size. Actually, in uh, every generation, you can find a seven seven uh, footer. That is for a moment. Uh, we have a very good talent. Both of them. One is a Finnish uh, global MBA school in Australia. After, after in a school in a Delhi, they they sent him. Maybe he will going to the to the going uh, to the G League. That is uh, his name is uh, Principal Singh. Is a 6'10", 6'11", very athletic, and can play multiple position three four five. He is a prospect. We have a kid from a 70 years old. He's 6'11", very talented. What my son said about uh, Jokic is a, this profile. He is 70 years old. And what is advantage about Indian kids, they are speak perfectly English. And that is easier. But problem is that uh, it's different about the school system. All Indian kids. With the 20, they are finish uh, university, and that is a, that is a big problem because with the 17, they are ready. that can going to the 17, they are ready to go to the college, and uh, that is uh, too early because uh, 18, 19 player they are ready, and uh, that is a little bit problem. But program of the national team now is uh, not bad. Government also wants to help that organize. Uh, Academy, uh, government planning to organize uh, six academies all around uh, to be boarding school, select the player and keep uh, all around here for uh, three, four years in uh, some place with, with a full facilities. That is a great project. Still, Corona a little bit stopped in other sport. They have uh, this project, but India improving. But you have to know India is the fifth uh, economy in the world. And every day they are improved. They have an unbelievable IT sector. That is uh, also medicine is on the high level. That is school system is very good. India is the potential. Also for a sport, they are, they are educated and they can make a big improvement.
0: That was great. Thank you.
1: Thank, thank you very much, um, Josh. I think we're going to wrap it up here.
0: Guys, I really appreciate it.
1: Um, Thank you for having me. Take it away, David. All right. Thank Um, you, sir. Thank you. So everybody who happens to listen to this, please like, subscribe, comment on anything below, share links, download the links. It helps us grow our podcast. Last few, we've had some encouraging numbers. So we just hope to keep on growing this thing. And we really appreciate um Toza and Andrea for coming on today and until next time this is a changing other times
0: thank you guys thank you thank you, thank
1: you.